Hey, hey, hey. We are back for another amazing episode of Black Coffee with the Side of Candor. I'm here with my co-host, Momo. What's going on, girl? Hello, girl. Getting over Thanksgiving dinner, so feeling good and sluggish at the same time. <laughs> yes, child. It was, it was tasty. Um, um, before we tell us, let's add our guest host. Wait, this side. Our guest host to the conversation today. We have Hello. Rachel Gadsden from ILA Creative Studios here with us. We're so glad to have you here today. Um, but Thanksgiving. Let's you all for yes. Let's I'm sorry. On Thanksgiving, sorry. real quick. Um, it was amazing. It was delicious. It tired me out. Um, and I'm I'm about to enjoy the the reward of that labor when it comes yeah. to being on this couch watching all the pre-holiday movies. Yes, yes. It's giving rest and thanks. It's giving. You know? mm. Mm. That's what that's what I feel in my shonda and my yeah. sit down. Mm. Sit on that. <laughs> Set on down. Set on down. Mm. <laughs> Rest with a full belly. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Mm. Super grateful for all the great food. Mm. And that was great rest. Yeah. All right. So that's, I mean, that's a little taste. We bringing in the creatives in the place. We got Rachel Gatton here from ILA Creative Studios. The mission of this amazing nonprofit organization is to educate, celebrate, and elevate Black artists. And we are so glad to have her here today. And Monique is going to kick off the topic for this episode. What are we talking about today, Mo? Girl, we're talking about board of directors and just all the interesting dynamics that come with being a nonprofit. So, um, Rachel, we don't want to delay, girl. We got we got some bad women on here, y'all. And men too. I mean, we just yeah, we are being yeah. blessed with some awesome guests. So, so yeah. Rachel, tell us about your business and how you became to be an entrepreneur. Tell us yeah. everything. Man, okay, this is a great intro. Thank you all. Um, so ILA came about about five years ago. I had a yearning to be around. I, I'm a graphic designer by profession, an artist. I paint. I have always had a creative mind. Um, and, and I I did not know of many spaces on the South Side where I could commune with, connect with, and just grow with other Black creatives. Um, and so the initial seed of ILA was to create that in a singular space. So creating a co-working hub or, you know, that style space for us to gather and learn together and grow together. Um, but quickly learned that that was a huge undertaking, like raising funds to have a brick and mortar space and getting investors to buy into that desire. Um, I quickly had to pivot once I realized how much it would actually cost. And so from, from that seed of there needs to be more spaces where we as Black artists and Black creatives can connect with one another and learn new things and just figure out ways to sustain ourselves and our, our artistic endeavors. And um, that's, that's where, you know, my desire to create multiple spaces, um, workshops, programs, events, that can still um, incorporate all of those elements of 
communing, connecting, and growing, but just outside of one singular space. And so that's that's how ILA came about. It was my own selfish desires. And then I talked with some peers and they were like, yeah, I need that too. We need this. And so it's been a constant growth ever since. And I just have to add, y'all, Rachel is my sister. I am so very proud of her. And when she speaks of the South Side, we are both Chicago natives. And so um, Chicago is an amazing place for, for creativity and artists. And I've had the pleasure of attending some events that ILA has hosted and sponsored, like the Sensational Power Dinners. And and um, I know Swan Day is a little bit separate, but that was also born and partnered with ILA, which was an event that celebrated Black female artists from different disciplines. And just amazing how to see different disciplines of art and artists come together and support one another and nurture and pour into each other. So it's been really a, a blessing to see how this has grown and evolved and see um, the fruits of, of your labors, Rachel. And so we're, we're so glad to have you here. Um, and so what we want to learn from you, um, I know ILA was born out of that selfish desire and it has evolved into something so great, so great that you've established a board of directors. And um, we don't talk about that. I mean, that that topic of conversations comes up as kind of like in, in, in the conversations that I've had, more of this group of people that you need to support, to support you or to kind of facilitate your growth. Um, but help us to know a little bit, as a nonprofit organization, like ILA, are you required um, for your tax status to have a board? Is that what prompted you to have one or is it, was it optional um, and something that you thought was needed to, to best serve the business? Yeah, so um, any non-for-profit, not-for-profit organization needs to have a board of directors to have, to form, to, to be in formation. And so um, prior to me getting the um, the 501c3 status, I needed to have um, three, at least three board members um, issued to the state or to the federal government to show that there's a group of people steering and advising this ship, which is why what I think is the essential part to having a board is the recognition that you yourself as a leader can have the strategy and you can have the vision but you cannot get to the destination alone. Um, you must have people helping guide you, people helping to advise you. And that's that has been an essential um, help and support as I'm growing in this um, business. And in, in this organization, I am required to have it, but I also desire it for my own um, just need as a leader. I, I know that I cannot make all decisions on my own singularly and because this is such a community effort and it's so so collaborative it makes no sense for me not to have that type of openness in terms of stewardship and guidance um, from folks that that know more than me and i think that that's essential in leadership and that's essential especially in community-driven organizations where this is serving many people um I can't have a siloed view so I 
yes, needed to have it for uh, federal purposes, but also um, desired it. I mean, I mean, it's necessary. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, so I have to say it just makes it makes it makes you sound so established and sophisticated. I need to check that over with my board. I'll get back. Yes, it does. My board of directors. My board of directors. <laughs> yeah, and, and because it's a nonprofit, there are so many more stringent guidelines than the LLC like Nikita and I have. We don't we don't have to have board. So you mentioned some of the benefits of having people who can steer you in the right direction. Um what what are what what would you say are some of the top meaningful benefits to having a board of directors? So um, the the major one for me is advisement. So I'm, I'm very intentional about thinking about who should be on our board of directors because not only should there be people that have more knowledge in certain areas than me, but also can um, be transparent enough with me as the executive director to give guidance and give, um, yeah, just an advisement in areas that I, I need support in. So like, for instance, I have someone on our board who has so much knowledge on events and, you know, making sure all elements logistically make sense. And so having her presence there is essential for me as someone who may do events, but not in that same way. And so prioritizing folks that can advise um, is one of the top benefits for me. Um, support, ambassadorship, people that can speak about ILA, the um, organization in rooms where I'm not there. So having folks be vocal vehicles to this work when there's areas of you know absence on me, if I'm not available to attend something, but a board member can. So having multiple people being able to speak up for this work. And then I'd say the third benefit is just, um, I love interconnectedness. Like I love collaborative work. I love being able to dream up new things with others. I kind of cringe at the idea of having to, to speak vision and power to so much stuff on my own individually. Um, and so I, I really love the collaborativeness that comes from, um, building something with others. And so those are my three benefits. I think that they have been such a powerful and also um, rewind. ILA was an LLC um, at its start in 2018. And then we okay. transitioned to nonprofit uh, 501c3 last August. Okay. Last 20, we're in 2022, right? 2021. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> okay, I, oh, yeah. I, I'm so curious to learn like how you feel because I know me and Monique talk all the time about the benefits the blessings the freedom of being an entrepreneur and we 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 revel in all of that great stuff and we know as entrepreneurs there are also elements and days and periods where we feel completely overwhelmed we question what the hell we're doing and why um we try to figure out what to do um we don't necessarily have the support that we thought that we would have we're trying to do all of these things on our own things we don't know how to do things we don't want to do so t tell us about the the difference 
between when you were running ILA without a board and and how what that experience is like now running running it with a board. Yeah, yeah. we were this is like a, a follow-up to our combo, secret combo yesterday. <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah, it takes so much. I don't think I don't think society or the world or what whatever talks enough about the um isolating feelings you you would have in growing something alone like mm -hmm. it is hard mental and emotional strain to have to constantly pick at and change and pivot something um by yourself and and questioning whether or not this is right should i go in this area what is you know what's the best way to to effectively communicate this new service offering or program and so I'd say the difference between the two, I had a lot of internal questioning and doubt uh, when I started ILA. I was young, I was 27, um, 28, and I had no clue what entrepreneurship meant. I just knew that this meant I could own something. But in yeah. that ownership comes great responsibility that I had not been privy to. Um, responsibility to making sure that what I'm offering is of service, making sure that um, it is safe for consumers, it is helpful. And so all of these things that you have to consider, it's consideration really, when you are serving people in this way. Um, and I don't know, it was a lot of imposter syndrome and was a lot of like, mm. am I doing this right? Is this really what they need? And I'm having these conversations to myself. So you can imagine me, you know, having these questions. <laughs> what you say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas now I can pick other people's brains and I have, you know, I have a team of folks um, intently listening and, and being, being again, stewards to this, this vision and this idea that also just as much believe in it as I, and they are able to answer some of those like doubtful questions or just concerns in general about where we're going. Again, I always metaphor, take it back to the ship. If I know that we're going in a specific, to a specific destination, sometimes that path can be rerouted. Sometimes it can be um, changed. And then all of those little maneuvers and twists and turns it is, way more beneficial to have others saying, no, go this way or do it like that or turn the boat that way. And so that is what I feel has been the most powerful switch in leading something individually versus leading collectively. Yeah, I need yeah, to get so, board. Let me find <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, so, so just like with anything, even a, a company, and this is one of the things that that I consult in, just making sure you have the right team, because uh, your a team is only as strong as its weakest player. Mm -hmm. So, when when you're looking for board, when you were looking for board members, what were some of the things that you specifically were looking for? I know I've heard you say collaborative advisement, having knowledge, maybe in areas that that you might not have been exposed to previously. So so what were some of those specific things that you looked in at um, determining who you wanted on your board? Yeah, so initially, I'm not going to lie, it was more of like, who do I know? 
in my circle that could be helpful, but also who has shown interest in ILA? This is like prior to it being a not-for-profit when it was a, a for-profit entity. So folks that were heavily involved in the arts, folks that cared about equity with Black artists, folks that showed consistent um, just presence in the creative arts industry here in Chicago and also just having a balance of wanting to, um, again, create more safe and equal spaces for Black creatives um, in the same way that I wanted. And so those were the top priorities. And then I also was advised by a operations consulting firm to talk through my strengths as a leader, like what do I have to offer ILA? And then every little area that was a gap was to me in my mind who I needed on my board. Mm. So again, if I didn't have legal background, I wanted someone who'd be able to say, you should not sign this contract with this space or here's a MOU for you to use if you're gonna be using a facility to run your programming. So I don't, I don't what is an MOU to me? <laughs> but having someone in that area again and filling in the gap that I, I lacked was um, very important and being able to speak to my strengths and be vulnerable in the way of saying, I don't know everything mm -hmm. in the area that I don't know. That's who I need to be attracting to this, to this collective, to this board. All right. That's, 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 that's very wise. We also have talked about firing ourselves from doing things that we don't know how to do well. I think those are those gap areas like, like us. I mean, yeah. And I don't know what it is about black women. I don't know if it's us thinking initially, I thought, well, I could just learn everything. I could just figure out what I need. And in some cases you have to at the start because you're still fielding and you're still figuring things out. Um, but it also is this process of firing yourself and letting go, releasing that you should not have ownership of and being mm -hmm. able to have that foresight and that understanding of self that you can't do everything. It's not even, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> so, so even as yeah. an entrepreneur, Black women, we got to take the superwoman cape off. It, did, it don't work. We did. Can we have a superwoman cape burning ceremony? Yes, I would love that. I think, well, you know, I, I think the difference is that now we have resources. I don't know that that's always been the case, but now we have the resources, the support um, that might not have previously been there. So you're right. We do need to have that superwoman cape burning. I'll, yeah. I'll throw mine on there first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's burn yes. this thing up. Burn, baby, burn. Burn it, honey. Whew. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's real. It, it Wearing that cape, trying to do way too much is super draining. It really does take you away from the mission that you're trying to fulfill because you're doing all the stuff that you, you're really not supposed to do. You you got the vision to carry it out and, and ask, ask for that help. We were talking also in a previous episode um, about the difference between 
a mentor, an advocate, and a sponsor, and then this new idea of a witness. And it kind of went to something you said earlier about people speaking up on behalf of either you or your company and its mission in spaces that you you can't reach because you can't physically be everywhere at the same time. So I really do see the value and benefit of having a board and I think I think it would be advisable even if we don't have one in a formal required sense like for a nonprofit but have even if it's called you want to call it an um accountability advisory board or something like that where you do have access to people who have experience and skills in areas where you don't that you can bounce ideas off of because it can be very lonely where you or you just think you think your idea is great and and it ain't. <laughs> you need to spitball sometimes and see what sticks and falls, and that's what that environment helps to create. And also, before we transition the year prior, I did also still have an advisory board as a for-profit entity, which operated not in the same way because with board board of directors they have regulations bylaws rules in that way but it was still creating this sense of accountability check in mm-hmm. getting chin checked by people hey, like hey, chicken, ah, check. <laughs> don't do this girl don't do that you want to do what, do what? Now, now who gonna come <laughs> your mama and your sister gonna come and i had i had a very Maybe auntie <laughs> <laughs> yes i had a very um a, a very awakening moment, I'd say, with a board member this year after one of our first quarter board meeting, and she pulled me to the side and just said, are you okay? You're doing mm. a lot. Mm. You're doing mm. a lot. And I just want to make sure I'm checking in with you and making sure this is, you know, something that you can manage and how best can we support you? Wow. So just that had me like, wait a minute, you're right. I'm doing too much. Mm-hmm. I'm doing too much. And so in that way, again, when I just spoke of accountability, that is what I you should seek in individuals supporting you. Not mm-hmm. only advising, but also, yeah, I won't say taking care of, but just making sure you are taking care of yourself as a leader. You can't, you can't lead if you yourself are depleting. Yes, you need that flight attendant type of board member that's going to remind you to put your oxygen mask on first. That yes. kind of, because, yeah, I need me a board. A family yeah. board. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Because I mean, I th- I've, I've tried to work with, with, with um, owners of small companies and you can't tell them anything because they know everything. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, you can't be an expert. No one is an expert in everything. So one of the things, Rachel, you said that I think is so powerful is you have to acknowledge like, yeah, everybody has weaknesses, but you have to be open to getting advice from mm-hmm. others. Because if you're not, you won't learn anything. The ship's going to be going down and they're going to be like, well, we can, we got boats. And you're like, no, no, we're good. We're good. Right. We need no boats. Like, <laughs> we, right. <laughs> we, no we got these little baby floaties. Just put it on your arm. <laughs> And the water temperature is 75 below zero, but we'll be okay. Um, But I think, I think that is so powerful. And and to have people who will pull your coattails and say, Hey, 
yeah. you know, so, something's going on. Or, or even if they say, hey, you know, I don't know if you know how you came off in that meeting, but, you know, you might you might want to, you know, rethink how you speak to people. Like somebody who will call you on the carpet. That's huge. Because if you don't know, then you can't adjust and continue to to get better and, and be developed into the awesome leader that you've become mm -hmm. or that you're meant yeah. to be. So yeah. that's powerful. And even the people that will remind you of all of the great things you have already done. Because we can get yes. in these moments of, oh, there's so much left to do. But then you remember what them, I'm running this. I started this. I did 75 events. I sang at 82 performances. I took 97,000 calls and I'm running this. And mm -hmm. Because when you're in that hamster wheel of grinding, you yeah. just go into the next without really checking yourself to acknowledge what you've accomplished. So having that mm -hmm. level of support and accountability to even remind you of the good um, yeah. is important because we could lose sight of that also. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm mm -hmm. Yep. Agreed. Well, I think we have gotten us some really, really good tips. Um, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening, if you are required to have a board um, or if you are endeavoring to have an advisory board, we've got some great tips from this episode. Three great things you want to look for. You want someone who has interest in your business, a genuine interest in your business and the mission of your business to be able to offer that level of support in its growth and development. You want someone who can fill in the gaps for areas that you don't have expertise or bandwidth even to accomplish some of the things operationally that are necessary. And then you want people that will hold you accountable, people that will hold you accountable for the goals you have set, for the things you are doing well, and for the things that you can improve on. So those are three great things for you to be looking for as you're endeavoring to establish your board. Rachel, thanks so much for giving us hey, some great tips. Come on. Yeah. You want to look for someone that will lift you up. Yeah. Someone and people that will speak up for you again in those places where you cannot be. So be extensions of your of mm. you and your organization. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, 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 what are we doing here? We're doing away. <laughs> right, right. Rachel, um, you started off, oh, then I'm gonna get it. wait, that was the I'm wrong. Start, okay. I was patching it up in a minute. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 hold on now. <laughs> yes. All right, Miss Rachel Gadson. Thank super you honored to have you on today. We always give business owners an opportunity to plug their business. So give us your 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 30 second spiel of your business. Oh, yes. Okay. ILA Creative Studio is a organization meant to celebrate, elevate, and educate Black artists. We can be found at www.ilacreativestudio.com. Instagram, ILA Creative Studio, and also on Facebook. Um, if you are a Black artist or you know Black artists and creatives that are looking to um, workshop, have programming around how to sustain yourself as a creative uh, professionally, reach out to us. We're doing great things in the community. We're organizing great events um, and we'd love to grow our community with you. All right. You heard it. Seek out ILA for your supportive endeavors and people in Black art. 
based here in Chicago. If you're in Chicago, look her up. Come to one of her upcoming events. Definitely follow her on Instagram and Facebook and check out her website. And then check out me and Monique on Black Coffee with a Side of Candor. We will be here for your listening pleasure on all of your streaming podcast outlets. So check out not only this episode, but the other ones that we have on our YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe, like, and share. So thanks for tuning in, y'all. Everyone have a safe uh, holiday weekend. Right now, we're around the Thanksgiving holiday or however you choose to give thanks in this season. Be safe, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Black Coffee with a Side of Candor. Be sure to like, add, or follow this podcast on your streaming outlet of choice. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Black Coffee with a Side of Candor, for a visual podcast experience. Catch you next time.